It's Fab here, founder and head teacher at Old Marketing School and your marketing BFF. And today I want to invite you to the place where marketing rebels go to master the craft. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about our marketing rebels, self-paced course library and student community. Imagine this, the ultimate library of courses, tactics and templates for marketers looking to use their superpowers for good. So if you are ready to access our short courses, a supportive community of marketing rebels, your personal cheerleading squad, then you gotta go and check our library out. Yes, think about us as your marketing BFFs sharing incredible weekly tactics tools, resources, and even prompts and trends to make sure that you always have fresh content coming out. Plus, we also have marketing sprints, hot seats, and office hours to support you as well in the journey. If it sounds like a good party, I guess it is. So all you have to do is make sure that you join us and you can do it in just two clicks. You just go to School dot click slash library i repeat am school dot click slash library to find out more about how to join us right now i will be waiting for you on the inside now on with today's episode welcome to alt marketing school we are proudly bringing together a new wave of marketers just like yourself We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Hello team, Fab here, back again with a brand new episode of Old Marketing School. And yes, it's yet another interview. And for this time, I interviewed the amazing Omer Hazer. And Omer is an e-commerce and digital marketing expert. And trust me, he knows his stuff. So much so that we really struggle to keep this conversation to one less than an hour. Or even less than two hours, to be honest. But he already promised me, and no, I didn't threaten him, to come back to talk more about e-commerce with me. We talk about things such as, obviously, e-commerce adoption and how COVID has fast-tracked this element as well. We talk about some trends that you might see. We talk about chatbots as well and loads of examples on how you can really market your e-commerce business and take it off the ground. I believe this is such a topical and timely episode because really e-commerce is becoming the biggest thing. And we talk about also social selling, which I, you know I'm quite passionate about because I believe that's really the future of selling. So I really hope that you're going to enjoy this. Homel is so nice and is so sweet and is also really inspiring. He's such a young entrepreneur who just moved away from Turkey and went to New Zealand and started his whole new life there. And he's also really passionate about giving back. So I really hope you're going to love this and please share a lot with them afterwards on social. Find out is really open to answer any questions you might have on LinkedIn as well. So there's really no excuse for you not to listen to this episode. Take loads and loads of notes and after that, let us know what you think. I hope you're enjoying this new interview episode as well. Um, I love interviewing people. That's what I do for the Make an Impact show, my other podcast. That's actually what I used to do as a journalist. So really being able to talk to people and actually get experts in areas that I'm not necessarily the expert on. 
is a big thing for me and it really fills me with joy. And all I can say is I hope you're going to enjoy it. May the class begin. Hello, how are you doing? Hey Fab, good, good. How are you? I am great. And actually, it's really funny. One of us was kind of like a bit, you know, with doozy eyes because for one of us is relatively late and for one of us is incredibly early. So uh, he's drinking his coffee right now. Uh, so it's really funny how that works sometimes. So how, how is life on your side of the world, actually? Remind us where you're actually um, tuning in from. Yeah, good. It's I'm in New Zealand. I'm based in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, look, I think, being perfectly honest, we're doing pretty well. Uh, you know, summer's coming up, festival seasons are coming up. Uh, we, touch wood, don't have much COVID currently in the country. So really, you know, things are, things are, things are doing pretty well over here. So can't complain. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time this early in the morning to chat to me. Uh, I will now let you introduce yourself, just to give a bit of a context on who you are, what is your expertise, what is your background, and then today we're going to talk about some juicy, juicy stuff anyways. I love that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, my name is Omar. I'm originally from Turkey, uh, but I have arrived in New Zealand when I was 13, um, kind of by myself to start studying and living here. So my family you know, decided to send me over here. I stayed here um, for the, about the last 10 years I've been here. Um, you know, my, my, I guess my background started with, uh, I started studying engineering, mechanical engineering. But while I was also studying that, I was really involved in startups and in business and, e- and e-commerce. So I found my way into a real garage startup while I was studying, uh, you know, in a garage, the guys were from Silicon Valley. So they came over here and they were started, they were in the startup and got really involved, you know, piqued my interest. Um, following that, I'd, I started an influence marketing agency alongside a few other people. Um, and this is back in 20, about 2014, 2015. And we were actually the first influence marketing agency in New Zealand because it was still very new over here. Uh, you know, we, we did that for a few years, eventually got acquired. Um, and then from there, I decided to move into uh, digital marketing, basically started working agency side, uh, client side. I've done about five years altogether across client side, um, agency side. And um, over the past year, I've been involved uh, in a global e-commerce agency called Overdose. Uh, you know, we work with clients kind of all shapes and sizes and, and I'm an account manager there. So working all across strategy and then um, everything basically that an e-commerce brand might need to grow. So uh, that's kind of been my expertise. And on the side, I'm still involved with a venture capital fund as well that invests in founders under 30. Me being under 30 as well, all of us who run it under 30, we invest in founders under 30. So it's really cool to just kind of keep in touch with the startup space through that. So yeah, that's that's I guess a bit about my background. I love that, Omar. I love the fact that you just kicked off and went straight from Turkey into New Zealand when you were 13. That is that is a move. And I sometimes I feel like all chuffed about my move from Italy to the UK. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been literally one of like one of the biggest lessons, I guess, like from the ground or just to kind of like change things. And did you know what you wanted to do back then? As in some ideas of things you wanted to try, or it was more like adventure time for you? Uh, to be perfectly honest, I think it was adventure time. Like being so young, I didn't understand what I was getting into. And I think that helped, <laughs> right? Like I think when you're older and you're moving to a different country, you, you overthink things. You think, you know, you know, where am I going to work? Where am I, how 
am I going to make a network? Being that young, I, I didn't have any worries. I, I was just seeing it as a, I'm going to the other side of the world. My mom's not going to be with me. Great. I can do whatever I want. Right. So it was, it was a very different mindset. Uh, and I guess, I guess I didn't know that I wanted to kind of be into business and, and do my own things. And that's what I really liked about New Zealand because I felt like there was that freedom over here. Whereas in Turkey, it was a bit more restricted where, you know, you have to go study and kind of follow that path. Uh, whereas here, it's, it's, it's a bit more different. So, yeah, kind of new, but didn't really know at the same time. I love that. And I love every single journey is unique. And I also hear like what you're saying is that maybe without that, that sense of wonder and kind of trying things, you probably wouldn't be so in touch with that world. As you say, you still like support a lot of founders under 30. So it's something that, you know, that world, because you can really relate to that, I think is a nice way to give back, obviously in different ways, but that element of support is something that definitely some younger founders, I think, will, would want and would be looking for because different kind of experiences will have a different kind of baggage. And I think it can be hard for people that are under 30 to feel like they are experts enough in what they do. And I don't know how that feels for you because obviously you're in the marketing space. You started an influencer agency when you were pretty young. I mean, I'm speculating now how old you are, but you're definitely, <laughs> you know, you're definitely still quite young. So um, I wanted to ask you just before we actually dive into a bit more of the e-commerce side of things, I was curious about, you know, how, when or how did you actually feel like you were holding a bit more the expertise that you do have and how have you been dealing with something like imposter syndrome or actually finding that confidence in yourself was it ever an issue and how did you work through that very good question to be honest i think i think you hit the nail on the head right there right because i'm still so young i guess relatively there's like to this day i still struggle with that to this day uh you know sometimes when you're sitting across these directors of you know billion dollar companies and and you're giving them strategy on what they should do in the e-commerce space there's always that thought in your mind where you, you know you're thinking you know why should they listen to me so you know to this day i still have that but um i think from the first days what really made me realize that actually you know what i, I know what i'm talking about is uh a i started doing things myself you know i was i was working in digital marketing and you know e-commerce but i also started running my own e-commerce stores on the side because i thought well i'm telling these people what to do and if i believe in what i'm telling them it should also work for me so i started implementing everything i would advise someone else on my in my own stores as well and you know eventually you know slowly and gradually they started working out and then you know my side uh, businesses also started working out and i think that really solidified my own confidence in myself that you know what when i follow my own advice things work out so uh, i guess i guess when other people listen to it as well it should work out for them <laughs> um you know that's i guess just one one thing but look to this day i, I you know it's, i feel I'll, i'll still struggle with that so it's definitely not an easy thing to overcome i, I think And that's also something very, very important. So thank you for sharing that. We what we're trying to build with all marketing school in different ways that one approach this little baby that's just born is actually being able to raise a new generation of marketers in the way that I think I want us to feel like, you know, we are kind of self-taught in a lot of ways in a lot of things. And I think it's good to be honing the fact that you are the best person to actually go through that journey and what you're learning from experience as well as you say 
you can actually then see what works and what doesn't. And it's, it's another great way, it's another great way to learn and to actually make you feel confident in what you know. And also as a reminder that it's okay not to have it all figured out. Whereas I think, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, like a lot of people that have been in the marketing space for a long, long time can be hard to actually adapt and evolve as quickly as maybe people that have had a different background and experience with that. Whereas you just kind of want to try things. Exactly. And I think just to add to that point, I think marketing is a very, very good space for this, especially digital marketing, I suppose, as well. But like, I think development, you know, tech and, and digital marketing, they're, they're probably the two fields where age doesn't really matter as much. You know, perhaps if I went into become a doctor or, you know, a lawyer, I think in those situations, you really, you know, you're just going to have to listen to people who have done it for a lot longer. Whereas I think with technology and digital marketing and marketing, it's moving so fast that, it's just if you if you can stay on top of it and you're learning all the new things that are coming up, you're just gonna be as, as knowledgeable as someone who's been in the industry for a while. So I think it's just about keeping up with trends and, and everything, and you're good to go. I was gonna ask you then. Now let's go into the actual topic. Okay, that's my problem. I love tangents. I love, I love to talk to the people yeah. as well. Anyways, but um, it kind of slides very nicely into the topic because obviously I wanted to get a bit more of a understanding of a couple of elements when it comes to e-commerce but I also feel like by talking to you definitely something that has been happening in the past six months has been such a wild shift and I can only imagine what it's been for you because people are finding it a lot more comfortable I think like you know to actually go and purchase online and it sounds obvious now but it was such a big barrier for people that were not maybe you know within the industries of being online and working online but the consumers now feel they can trust the websites they can trust the processes a bit more because they were forced to I mean this is at least what I'm seeing as well um, and so I kind of wanted to ask you first off before we talk about maybe some strategies things to look over in order to improve obviously uh, that side of marketing I just wanted to ask you what is one of the biggest shifts that you've seen, maybe aside from this most generic, the obvious one? And is there one specific other trend or change that you see is going to increase or happen in 2021? So a bit looking back, a little bit looking forward when it comes to the overall side of the e-commerce and digital marketing element. For sure. Um, look, you're very right. This, these past six months and this year really has been crazy. Uh, I don't want to misquote the number, but I'm not sure if you've seen the number of how, like, how COVID has really fast-tracked fast e-commerce adoption around the world. I think it's been in the past few months it has fast-tracked it. And don't quote me on this. I think I'm, I think I'm right, but just double-check this number. But I think it has fast-tracked e-commerce adoption by, I think, many, many years right, in just a few weeks, and just a few months, because uh, it, it's just this hockey stick graph of e-commerce adoption, because people have had to kind of adopt it. So moving, you know, that obviously puts a lot of pressure on e-commerce businesses and people running things online. But I think it's a good pressure, right? I think it's a good pressure because it, it's going to weed out people who are, do, who are doing it badly, not wrong, but badly, right? People who just didn't really care about things and were saying, you know, I'm getting sales anyway, blah, blah. I think it's going to weed those people out. And I, th I think it's going to make the space a lot better overall. Um, look, there are many trends um, coming up, both for big businesses and smaller businesses. It's a few things to kind of go over. And, you know, that's, I guess, what I want to talk about. But I think just to summarize it, general practice things are going to be very important, especially for people who are just starting. What I mean by that is you're not going to be able to skirt around by not having a terms and conditions page on your page on your website anymore or a contact us page on your website anymore. Like people 
are coming to the realization that they want some sort of basis for the type of website they want to purchase things from. And if you're below that basis, you're just not going to be able to sell. So I think, you know, just general health things are going to be a lot more important. They've always been important, but I think they would, they've been important from a conversion point of view. Now it's just going to be from, from just, you're not going to get sales if you don't have these things. So if you're just starting out in the e-commerce space, this is, this is something really important to keep in mind. And again, look, if you're already a business that's been running e-commerce for years and years and years, then there are a few other trends that we can talk about, you know, AI is coming up and implementing AI into your website is going to be really important for, from a conversion point of view. Some big giants have already started doing it. You know, Nike, has started doing it and, and a few other brands so you know there's a few other things there a very good document to check out is shopify has released a 2021 trends pdf that just talks about what they've seen what they've seen across this year but what they see coming up it covers basically everything that i could talk about in this in, the, in this part in this talk and more so that's a good document to go check out as well if you're keen to look at trends was there one thing that jumped out? Obviously, you talked about AR as well and a couple of things. So was there another thing maybe that jumped out for the actual report? I, it's one of those things. I don't know if it's just me. I like, this sounds really sad, I need a life. I really like to read the reports and then turn them into like proper plain English. You're just like, oh, is it just me? Am I weird? No, no, no. I get that. I get that. I get that. Look, AR has been one. Uh, AI slash chatbots has also been one, you know, this year it's already growing, but coming into 2021, I think that's going to be even more important. And there's just so much you can do with chatbots. You know, I've dabbled into it myself just to look at how it's set up and everything. You have chatbot and you have chatbot, right? Like it's the things that you can start doing with these things. Uh, are, are crazy so that's another thing and also just your fulfillment systems as well right your shipping and everything as covid has shown us you know shipping times and and deliveries these are very important parts of your business and parts where customers really obviously you know care about that's a no-brainer but it, this part of your sale can really spoil your whole business you can give an excellent um customer journey amazing product everything but if it takes a month to ship to the customer they're going to leave a negative review and that negative review is going to look bad for your business and people who read it they're just going to see that one star and they're going to think your product is bad or whatever but it's actually just shipping that's out of your control but it's actually not uh, as much out of your control as you might think so there's a few things you can do there so look i've kind of didn't go into too much detail. i'm happy to go into detail in all of the all of these things but yeah like i think ai and chatbots how you implement them personalization um you know, AR and also, uh, you know, fulfillment systems and shipping and deliveries. Those are going to be some key areas. I love that. And obviously just to kind of, when I look at this and I hear what you're saying, I really see it has its overall, just the improvement of the whole user journey, which sounds obvious, but is not. Because when you think about, for example, thinking about chatbots, I did a podcast actually, a solo one about chatbots, because a lot of people don't even know exactly what they are. And obviously that can be, uh, well, we're both marketers and people that are listening should be, or could be marketers most likely. So there's the consideration brand awareness piece sometimes. Sometimes there's also that questions, but again, it can still come into the consideration piece. And then the purchase is kind of obvious in e-commerce, I guess. And you're like, okay, let me, let's make the purchase easy. And then you really hit the nail on the head to me. So interesting to actually remind you of how is important to consider what can you control when it comes to the post purchase experience whether it is uh, the updates whether it's the shipment whether it's how are you asking for a review loyalty elements and as you say the personalization I think I'm really excited I mean I'm a bit 
it's going to be interesting because obviously when I work with companies, it's always interesting to talk to them about it. But that personalization element, I think overall in digital marketing is going to be so key. And I'm wondering, especially because a lot of websites are, I've got such a wealth of products, such a wealth of things. It's just basically tailoring it so that your consumer almost gets, you know, like that mind reading experience, which I'm sure by doing any ads <laughs> for e-commerce, you must have experienced so much. So I really can see how overall it just shows that people really want a better consumer experience from shopping online because now it's more something that people will do more often and they have different standards, I guess. I don't know. Again, I'm projecting on what the consumers might be thinking right now. No, that's definitely it. That's definitely it. People just have you know, bigger standards right now. Uh, and I think it just depends on demographic as well. You know, if you're in the US, you're going to care a lot more uh, because you've got people like Amazon doing one day shipping or same day shipping, right? Like, and when people are used to something like that, uh, you can't just get away with doing drop shipping from AliExpress and sending them items in two months, right? Like it, that just doesn't work anymore. So uh, you just really have to compare yourself to what's out there and see how you can match it as well as possible. I wanted to ask you something else as well, when it comes still to the, to this part of the journey, I guess, with the consumer now, because uh, it's something that I also I love to talk about in general when it comes to marketing and that that loyalty advocacy piece when it comes to, to in general, obviously, any purchase or any experience. Would you say that uh, they are smarter or interesting or are changing the ways that actually brands or even the, the focus that actually companies are giving to that side of the funnel? Because I think has always been a bit brushed off, especially when it comes to the purchasing experience and that kind of like word of mouth or kind of like making it easy as easy as possible for the consumers again is it something that you see a lot of companies are starting to look at and actually explore a bit more especially in e-commerce absolutely uh, and that's actually one of the points that i was going to talk about where you know one of the things that you need so look you're reading my mind there uh as yeah loyalty is, is something that we're seeing again one of those trends was growing uh we all know that you know Acquiring a customer is great, but if you can just retain them and get them to buy again, that's even better. So uh, that's that's key. I think this year alone, I myself, you know, I'm not even talking about all these other account managers that I work alongside, but I myself have implemented, I think, around three loyalty projects with our clients, right? And this is actually a lot because these are massive projects where you're either taking them from one one kind of small loyalty program to a bigger one or you're implementing omni-channel loyalty solutions. So that's something else that we've really started seeing that especially with the rise of e-commerce, these businesses might have had in-store loyalty experiences and then they wanted to kind of marry that with their online e-commerce experiences or vice versa. They had an online only and now they want to in integrate that into their in-store in experience as well and make sure that it's seamless, it's working together, etc. So uh, massive shift. A lot of people are starting to use it. Um, and I think there are very good solutions out there, to be honest, for this. So that, that's even better. Right? There's all these solutions for any part of kind of the size of business you are. If you're just starting out, there are some great ones for free. If you're, if you're massive, there are some great ones that integrate with your POS systems and everything. Right? So I think the solutions are out there. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be using a loyalty solution at this day and age, to be honest, even if you're just starting. Because it's free and it's easy to set up within a few hours. We got, we got double trouble. Like, I mentioned it, he mentioned it, no more excuses. Yes, I love that. And it's something that I recommend to anybody who has also a fully online business or maybe even a service-based business in a way because there are incredible ways that you can do that. And I think 
when it comes to obviously you, you manage loads of accounts, I suppose. So obviously you're going to add so many different businesses, but there are some, as well as the basic way of encouraging and incentivizing, there are so many fun ways that you can do that as well. And I think the element of, of that loyalty can be really interesting. Now I'm going to ask you another question still related to this side of things. Have you also found that when it comes to e-commerce and social proof in some ways is also something that people are looking at a bit more I think has been rising for the last couple of years already anyway uh, and they are very easy integrated ways but I'm wondering whether it's something that one has been growing or evolving and two is also something that can be used later on where brands are looking to for example again use ads or expand and kind of using that voice of their customers yes absolutely um, absolutely. So social social proofing has always been big. Um, what what I think the shift currently is towards is having it more integrated, and I'll come to explain what that means. And also just higher quality, right? So previously, some people might have gone the way with just buying social proof, right? Or just like uh, taking a few photos and putting them into their homepage at the bottom, right? Just above the footer and getting away with that. And look, to this day, that's better than nothing. But, uh, you know, what we're starting to see is A, shoppable shoppable feeds. So uh, now when you're talking about your social proof, give the customer the option to look at that picture, you know, look at that post and then actually make the purchase through there straight away, right? So you want to make the process as easy as possible for the customer and the end consumer. Um, B, um, you know, when, when I mean by integrated, it's not about just putting it on the on just above the footer on the homepage anymore. It's about integrated in, into your product page, product pages, you know, just on your uh, product images or just below your product pages, your, into your emails, into specific campaigns. It's just all about giving your customers a voice and just amplifying them, right? Putting into your social media posts organically, asking people to tag you and then just share it across, you know, and, and this isn't a new thing you know uh, i think there are a lot a lot of massive massive brands have really i think gotten big as part of utilizing this as their corner source strategy right so i think you got brands like gymshark in the uk right they just i think they just crossed that one billion dollar mark and the corner store of their strategies have been influencer marketing and user-generated content and just utilizing those two uh fashion nova you know in, in the us like they've just been pumping that user-generated content tag us and we'll post about you so there's all these brands that have just always utilized this and they do it amazingly but and again that just means that you can do it as well very easily ask your customers to tag you amplify them share them and like people love this right people love to be posted by a brand by a business that they support that they've purchased from so give that like there's no downsides to this really so just make it right and and just use this so it's, it's, it's a really growing area I love that. And I think we're kind of touching some of the things that we might see and we might understand. And what I sometimes I think when it comes to both loyalty and social proof as some of the key ones as well, and even chatbots in a way, because I feel they're becoming more and more essential and that sort of like easier communication and easier swifting through. Um, is that we know they're there, but when you're thinking again, and I appreciate when you're thinking about setting up your business or moving most of it online, then maybe you think, I'm going to prioritize, again, the fulfillment, the payments and, and you know, having the website there and it's, it's great. But then sometimes, and that's probably kind of where I think some people might be thinking right now, then the next step after you've got the basics is let's go and put some money behind, like, you know, the actual listings and then let's push it to the world and magically people will, will appear. And I think that's where we're really bridging the gap. Like 
what are some of the things aside from what we mentioned that we need to do before we just put loads or some money into ads or into anything that is paid advertising and we don't really have you know the actual infrastructure that helps the customers as you say retain them and feel loved instead of just feeling like that transactional element I don't know if I'm making sense but I'm feeling that that is one thing and I was wondering aside from a couple of the things that were already mentioned which I think are also slightly bigger projects but definitely rewarding is there anything else that comes to mind some of the things that people really need to see as like the important cornerstones uh, of setting up their strategy yeah absolutely fab look uh i think just from the start and please excuse me if you're listening to this and you're already a very expert marketer or you know you don't even have to be an expert marketer for this i I guess if you just have some sort of understanding you probably are doing this already but just for the people that perhaps might not be doing this uh, it's absolutely crucial to have your health checks in place right before you launch anything before you even launch your site to the public uh you know that's, that includes, is your pixel set up correctly, right? Like, have you put in your Facebook pixel onto your site to start tracking customers who are coming onto your site so then you can start advertising to them, right? Because we are, you know, with paid marketing, especially across Facebook, Instagram, you know, the social aspects of it, the pixel is going to be your lifeline, right? You can run conversion ads and, and, and target people who are, you know, based on gender, interests, et cetera, but where and why Facebook is this massive company is their data, right? And if you're not using it, like, what are you even doing, right? So, and to use that data, you need the pixel, right? Set it up so you're looking at everyone's come onto your site and further down the line, you can start targeting people who have visited your site. You know, you can remarket to them. You can use them as lookalike audiences, et cetera, right? So the pixel is number one. That something else that goes hand in hand with that is Google Analytics, obviously, right? So link to Google Analytics, see um, what everything, what's, what's happening on your site. A good example I like to give is, again, for just people who might not kind of know the difference or why you should have both, pixels just to see the type of customers who are on your site, just generally speaking. And Google Analytics is to see the health of your website, right? So one is for your customers, one is for your website. Uh, and again, within Google Analytics and your pixel, have you set up your goals and events and, and uh, triggers correctly? They both make it as easy as possible for you. So, and there are millions of guys online, so you can just set up, you know, how to set up your pixel correctly facebook you'll have all these guides and vice versa how to set up goals within google analytics you'll find them things like people signing up to your newsletter right that should be a goal in your google analytics or people coming to your basket you know to to your checkout area and then filling out their contact information that should be a goal or you know that should be something you're tracking because then you can you can see that there was intent but people didn't purchase. So what can you do to actually move them along? And you can start retargeting those people. So this is basic health checks because if you don't have this, you're basically blind in the online space. Like you don't want to be blind. You want to have everything. So that would be definitely my number one. Um, so I don't know if you have any comments on that, Fab, so I'll kind of go into more, but I think that's number one, like you have to have your basic health checks in place. I was just going to say, yay, Google Analytics. I'll, I'll let you carry on because this is great, but I just want to say, please, people, set intentions and what i love about marketing is that as you say you can actually set intention with some data which doesn't mean you're just gonna do a very sexy entrepreneurial thing of saying i'm gonna get a million people tomorrow and just say let's 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 manifest it you can actually say with marketing with the data you actually have something you can go by and say this is what i want to track this is what i want to grow let's see what 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 the pixels what the data what the analytics are telling me so Yay, that's my, that's my comment, just the excitement. <laughs> Whenever somebody talks about Google Analytics, I get excited because especially entrepreneurs, but I think also sometimes smaller brands, 
it feels overwhelming. It feels like it only tells you very static thing, but there's so much more. So I love Absolutely. that. And I think these health checks are key. Now, if there's anything else we can go maybe a bit like, you know, the next step, what, what would that sure. be? Um, actually, just something that reminded me, and this is something that, you know, when you're setting up your Google Analytics, it's, you set it up and it's done. Actually, one last thing to do if you're an e-commerce business, and people kind of forget this until later down the line, and then they go, oh, you know, shit, I should have turned this on, is enhanced e-commerce, right? So go to your settings and turn on enhanced e-commerce. I don't know why, but, you know, by default, it's set up, it's off. You need to turn that on. So Google Analytics can start tracking all your dollar values that are going through your site, et cetera. So anyway, that's that. Number two, uh, I'm going to talk a bit from a Shopify point of view, but this applies to any e-commerce, you know, if you're on Magento, if you're on WordPress, WooCommerce, et cetera. So these are the types of apps and, and systems you should have, in, you know, in your place on your site. So we've already talked a bit about them, right? So you should have some loyalty apps and, and um, widgets, et cetera, whatever platform you're on. Uh, there are some very easy ones. Uh, again, I'm not affiliated with any of these, but Smile is a very good one. It's a free one that you can just start using straight away. Uh, if you're just starting out, that's a very good app to start utilizing because it's free. It looks great. It works great. Very easy UX, UI. So uh, obviously, there are some other ones from there, but that's a very good one, basic one to start. Uh, secondly, upsell and cross-sell apps, right? People are on your site. If they're purchasing things, that is when they're the hottest. That is when you can start targeting them to upsell them in other items. You know, it's the whole, would you like fries with that mentality, right? Like they're probably purchasing something, ask them, would you like, you know, if you're selling clothing and accessories, if they're buying a t-shirt, ask them, would you like socks, right? To add in for $5, right? And this isn't something, you know, we're doing this in e-commerce, but if you really think about this, these are not novel ideas. These are ideas that have been in like in physical stores for years and decades, right? When, you know, think about the last physical store you've, you visited and as you're coming to the counter, all the small items will be there. The socks are there, you know, the little things are there just so you can buy something. Or if you're, you know, Target, Kmart, or whatever, at the end, there are all the chocolates, the, the gummy bears, all the small things they can just pick up. And that's, that's like that on purpose. So implement the same things that are proven to work into your digital presence. Um, another one are reviews. Again, very, very important. If your products and website doesn't have reviews, people don't have anything to go off. And a lot of people are starting to look at, you know, what are the reviews? They compare your products to others, especially if you're in a crowded niche. This is going to be what sets you apart because, you know, why would someone buy the same T-shirt that's $20 more on your site than someone else's? But if you've got all these positive reviews about how the material is just so much better, that gives people a reason and incentive to purchase it from you. So reviews, super important and another thing that i like to add this if you do have the time is live chat support right so have live chat support uh you know when i ran my own e-commerce businesses i ha always had it and you can have an app on your phone you just on your phone you're just chatting to people and i've i think in the early days it's a perfect way to just convert people because people will ask you a few questions you answer it bam they go and purchase right Whereas if they had those questions, they might not have purchased if you did not live chat because no one's going to contact you and kind of go through that process. So again, this ties into chatbots. So you can either do chatbots or you can do it yourself. There's kind of that, that system. Doing it yourself is faster, quicker, but chatbots, I guess, is the one that saves you a lot more time down the line. So it depends on what size of business you are. You can look at different solutions there. So this is, I guess, the second step or kind of what I want to talk about is the apps and systems to put into your website. Um, one good thing that we, I know that we talked about loyalty, 
uh, you know, integrate your loyalty into your business. So integrating it with your reviews. So if people leave you a review, give them X amount of points. If people tell you about themselves, so if they give you their data, like when their birth date was, or, you know, a bit about them, you know, their gender, their age, all that stuff, give them some points, et cetera, et cetera. So integrate it with, with your things. If they make a user-generated user content, award them some points. So get these valuable actions for you, but give people something in return for that with your loyalty system. And people start using it a lot more. So anyway, this is this is a bit about kind of the systems apps. I can go on forever on, on this topic, but that's, I guess, the top overview. I love that. You're like me, just be like, yeah, I really like this topic. So I'm just going to tell you yeah. all the things. And, that, and that's what you want. So I massively appreciate that, by the way. I think for people that are just starting out, even there is so much to think about. And... It is all part, you know, you can see where it's leading and like all the different steps actually are part of an integrated sort of process. So even if there's a few things to think about, it still feels less overwhelming because you understand. And as you say, you're bridging the gap between maybe some of the things you do as the health checks and then, you know, the bigger system that people want to implement. But with the smaller things and some of these free and easy to set up apps, you can actually make a massive difference. So um, I love that. And I think especially... I love how they mentioned the upsell and the cross-sell as well, because that's one of my things. Like, And how you can integrate like the different steps of whether it's the review and the loyalty and these kind of elements. Because uh, one thing that I've noticed, um, that was in one of the reports, good knows which one it was, I think might be not sweet again, don't quote me on that. Uh, it was saying about how people due to obviously the pandemic and everything, the consumers are more curious. So they take more time to make their purchasing decision. As you said, we're looking at reviews more than probably we used to do. I still don't trust Amazon reviews because they are hilarious sometimes. But you know what I mean? There is an element of really like looking to understand because of the fact that we are, there's such a bigger marketplace and it's got its pros and cons. But as you said, it means that there are a couple of things that you want to set up sooner because then when it's set up, I think it's also easy to troubleshoot. You mentioned about starting out you know, how some things are easy when you're starting out. But also I think it means that if you're setting up apps and you're just starting out, you can also troubleshoot. And in a way, obviously consumers might even be a bit more forgiving. You know, you're always like selling to people, but you need to appreciate that if you don't have a team of 20 people or 17 account managers, some stuff might not work the first time. So I think is, um, you know, it's, it's also a good move when it comes just to be able to grow and scale, to be able to try some stuff. And obviously be honest about it because you, you never know. Like tech is gorgeous, but tech is not forgiving sometimes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think you're always going to be in a better place if you implement these systems early on and then adapt them based on your size of the business, then not have anything and then try to implement all of this later down the line, right? It's just always going to be easier. People who are in the business are going to have, I mean, they're going to know how to use these systems already. They're just going to adapt them, right? Adapting is always going to be easier for you as a business than starting from scratch. So get these things started uh, if you're starting. And if you're not, again, don't worry. Uh, I think, you know, we're talking a lot about people who are just starting. But again, if your business is already running and you think about implementing these things, don't get discouraged from us saying that it would have been better if you started at the start. It's better late than never, right? Uh, I think a lot of people downplay the importance of these things. And, and don't really think, you know, the investment is worth it sometimes. You know, they go, well, to implement something like this, it would cost me all this money, all this time. I would have to hire a few extra people, perhaps, you know, I just don't see that working. But if, especially for high volume business, the amount of sales it can generate you is just 
off the charts, to be honest. So implementing these things and making sure they work is how you make your e-commerce sales actually take over your physical presences, right? That's how your e-commerce can just blow up. So implement these things and, and you know, don't wait. I agree. And also what I wanted to add just to that, just to kind of wrap up as well, is that it is something that, you know, when you build it, obviously, as you said, you can actually kind of see what works and what doesn't. And there's that learning curve that you can actually get for yourself. And you want to stand out from the crowd because when you, regardless of whether you're listening to this, right when it comes out or maybe a bit later on, things are not going to stop. E-commerce is not going to stop. Social selling is becoming increasingly big. Obviously, social media is my, one of my favorite things, content and stuff. So that's what I usually look at. But I, I, I dab into other things, but that was obviously something that came to my attention. Social selling is becoming massive. It's becoming massive on its own and also when it comes to integration. So, you know, that is something you want to think about. But also if you are mainly e-commerce business, you also need to think about how you're going to stand out on your own website so that you actually may feel that that, it, that experience is as seamless as possible and as enjoyable as possible so, you know, for that retention. And as you say, maybe you have started out a couple of years ago, you realize you're still missing some of these pieces of the puzzle. Then what you do, you, you give yourself a high five because social distancing and then you say, kill. All right, next up, I'm going to do this sexy thing that Omar mentioned today and I'm going to make my e-commerce even more awesome. So there's always room for improvement. And I think there's nothing wrong in doing that anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And because at the end of the day, just to wrap it up, that's exactly, you know, why digital marketing e-commerce is, is so important and why sometimes all, you know, why sometimes you see all these brands coming out of nowhere, becoming, you know, billion dollar brands in their own niche uh, where, you know, you have players like Amazon or Walmart, all these players, because they keep up to the trends, they make changes, they constantly iterate and they, and they stay on top of their game in e-commerce, right? So that's that's the beauty of it. You can always change things, try things, look at what's coming up, look at the trends and implement those things to give yourself an edge. Whereas, you know, for a brick and mortar business, sometimes you might need all, you know, the capital to begin or all the connect supplier relationships to get a cheaper product, you know, all that stuff that might not be applicable in, in, in the e-commerce space. So take advantage of that and just go for the races. Love it. I mean, we can tell that you're definitely passionate about the topic. So thank you so much. And I know it's hard sometimes to run it in because I'm just so excited. Uh, but yeah. we'll just get you back again with more questions. It's no problem at all. Uh, <laughs> I, I promise I'll send you like a pack of coffees before that. I'll send you like a proper shipment of coffee though. Uh, <laughs> if people want to find out more about you and want to check you out and do a bit of good old digital stalking, where should they go? Um, you can find me on my Medium blog so it's you know medium at omar hazer so o-m-e-r-h-a-z-e-r so you know i write about startups digital trends etc so i i'm pretty bad with writing one of my new year's resolutions is to write more so do you kind of <laughs> yeah keep, keep keep on top of that please so do keep me in check for that um and then on linkedin as well it's at omar hazer one i think there's another number one at the end because uh, apparently there are more than one Omar Hazes. So yeah, LinkedIn, New Zealand. I'm in Auckland, Omar Hazes one. Oh, do please connect if you have any questions around e-commerce, etc. Always love to have a chat uh, or just just to connect on you know all that. So just find me across those two channels. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise. It was amazing. You're such a wealth of knowledge and I'm so glad we chatted. Absolutely the same, Fab. Um, you know, please do take care. Have a good night, I think, on your time. So do have it. Have a good night and we'll speak soon. Thank you so much for listening. 
head to allsmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spread the love on Instagram at Alt Marketing School. Until next time.